Shut up and sit down. It's Armchair Quarterbacks. We're back. My name is JT. And I'm Aaron. And we have a lot to talk about this week. We got a bunch of playoff updates for you guys. We got some uh, NBA news, MLB news, and of course a little bit of NHL news. Um, we're going to get started with our first topic, which is actually going to be the NHL playoffs. Aaron, what do you got for that? Uh, St. Louis beat Dallas, so they moved on. And um, San Jose, as we record the San Jose is up 5 nothing with four minutes left in the third. Yep. So I'm going to go ahead and guess that they win, unless there's the best comeback in NHL history. Um, so you're going to have San Jose uh, in their fourth conference finals in, in franchise history versus uh, St. Louis. And then on the other side, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um I think that I was, I'm, I was surprised to find out that San Jose has never been to the Stanley Cup. I mean, I logically I knew that, but I never really thought about it until I saw it at the bottom of the uh, ESPN page. But because they've had good teams, they just can't finish it. But what about that? Uh, anyway. What about that Dallas St. Louis series though? That Game Seven. Tell me about it. Well, I think they lost. I think that Dallas lost seven to one. Yeah, yeah, Saint, seven to one in Dallas. St. Louis came came to play. I mean, that's just all there is to it. It's just it's just so demoralizing for your season to end like that at home at a game seven. I saw I saw some fans are still in the uh, stadium, and those are like the real diehard fans, I guess. <laughs> Put the puck in the net. It's simple. You, you don't want to lose. Score goals. I mean, I mean, I guess there you go. So the Red Wings decided that um, they're going to just go with the whole new coaching staff. This this year, oh, well, this next year, um, did they fire people? Well, uh, they didn't resign the eighteen-year goaltending coach Jim Bedard. Okay, um, this move, of course, is going to catapult the Red Wings to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, I can't tell you how many times I said to myself, "Man." The Red Wings have shitty goaltending this year. They should probably get rid of their four-time Stanley Cup winning coach. Yep. I don't know. Seriously, though, I, I understand that, that Jeff Blaschel wants to get his own coaching staff in there. That's fine. Um, Tony Granato left to coach at Wisconsin, his alma mater. Can't, can't begrudge him of that. Uh, they reassigned assistant coach Pat Fershweiler. I'm, I'm sure I said that wrong. Okay. Um, he was in charge of the power play this year. Which was? He'll, he'll, be, he'll be upstairs during the games next year. They, they reassigned him. Uh, the Red Wings' power play was ranked 13th in the regular season, okay. and in the postseason they were one for 25. Yikes! For a grand total of four <laughs> percent, they were worst of all 16 teams um, in the first round. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised though if Jim Bedard ended up in in Dallas with Jim Nil. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you don't know Jim Nil. Jim Nil used to be Ken Holland's assistant coach. Okay, or I'm sorry, assistant GM. Um, and he's over in, in Dallas being their GM, and he's got some big choices to, to, to make this offseason. He's got a lot of good players that uh, need to be re-signed. I think it's something like eight guys that need, need to be re-signed. So uh, is it all like big money guys? Not all of them, but it's it's going to be interesting choices to see who he lets go. Okay. I also wouldn't be surprised if um, Jim Bedard ended up in Edmonton because Edmonton has one of the Red Wings, you know, 
old assistant coaches as their head coach. Mm-hmm. And um, they've always had, uh, I shouldn't say always, but um, probably since 2000, they've had trouble with goaltending. Um, so they either need to get a really good goalie in there who doesn't need much coaching, which doesn't happen that often, <laughs> yeah. or they need to get uh, um, a better goaltending coach in there because with Connor McDavid lighting up things, and he's going to be a very good player for years to come. Sure. And um, um, all the first-round draft picks that they have over the last, like, six or seven years. Right. I mean, these guys need to come together and, and play, and uh, they need, they, but they need a goaltending to begin with. That having been said... Their defense hasn't been very good, so you can't put it all on the goalie. Um, but yeah, that, that's I just wanted. Can up you to, build a defense to, through the draft in the NHL? I I'm no, yes and no. I mean, most guys when they get drafted in the NHL, they don't go right to the NHL. They'll go in the AHL or the OHL for a while. Okay. Um. So you know. Sometimes you draft a kid... Kind of like baseball. Exactly like baseball. Sometimes you draft a kid and then you decide... You you say, okay, you can go play your college hockey. So Mm. you draft a kid and he goes and plays at Michigan for two or three years and then comes to the NHL. Right. So, I mean, it's it's very much like baseball in that aspect. Um, But let's let's just move on. I I don't want to harp on the Red Wings that long. Um, I just wanted to let everyone know... No more Ken Helen? What was going on. Not this week? Um, No, I could... But it's 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 not worth it. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll see how his off season goes, and uh, and we'll we'll go from there. But until then, um, so I've been thinking about Brad Osmus. Okay, a lot of women do. Um, I feel like he's in the same the same boat as Jim Caldwell very much. Um, in what way? N- neither team. Um, well, both teams hitch their wagon to the incumbent coach. When they got a new GM, both teams have a new GM, and that GM didn't decide to get his own coach. Mm -hmm. So he decided to to go with each coach that's in the last year of their contract, and he's they've hitched their wagon to him. So I think either they should have given they should have extended the contracts of either coach, or you should gone with your own coach, because now you've got two lame duck coaches that the players may or may not respond to. Well, I, me personally, I don't, I, I, I didn't not, okay, I didn't hate Brad Osmus as much as the rest of Detroit seemed to hate Brad Osmus, so I'm okay with him doing this last season just to, I don't know, just see where it's going to go, but Jim Caldwell, I think they should resign him. I don't have a problem with Jim Caldwell, personally. Um, first of all, the Lions are not a first-class organization. I don't think they're ever going to win a Super Bowl in my time. I'm only 18. Uh, and and he went to the playoffs one year. He's a proven coach. Uh, why not just stick with him, man? Like, who are you going to sign if you if you fire Jim Caldwell? Who are you going to get? I mean, there's not many people out there right now. Well, I mean, you you can make the argument that yeah, he went to the playoffs his first year, but so did uh, and in Indy, who was just before. Uh, yeah, you mean when he had Peyton Manning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He went to the Super Bowl <laughs> with Peyton right. Manning. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know who else he went did to the Super Bowl? You know who else went to the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning? That that Denver team. It wasn't because of Peyton Manning though. Um, this year, but so I guess that doesn't really work in my favor. But still, <laughs> they did. They, um, they did. My before. point. They my, did before. My point is, um, um, who was before Caldwell? Uh, the Schwartz. 
Yeah, Jim Schwartz, his first year, he ended up going to the the super uh, the, the uh, playoffs. Right. So I mean, just because he goes to the playoffs doesn't mean he's necessarily a good coach. So I actually that actually dovetails. No, no, no. It wasn't his first year. That think. actually dovetails into something I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about in a minute. But I want to um, go through. Uh, okay, so I don't think we should fire Brad Osmus. I probably don't think we should fire Jim Caldwell either. Um, let them play out their years. What's the point of firing them? You're not going to have... Oh, you a, mean midway through the season? Yeah. Okay. There's no point. Just let him play out the year. There, I if, agree. If you get a new guy in there, he can't do anything until the end of the season anyway, so what's what's the difference? Yeah, if I you, hate when teams and do with, that. And with Osmus, when, if you fire him right now, who are you going to have? Gene Lamont be your, <laughs> oh, be your interim coach? That'd be, a lo- that'd be much so, more I mean, entertaining. What, what's, what's the point? But um, Get Rod Allen up in there. I don't think Osmus should have came back... This year, he doesn't seem to be a good coach. He doesn't seem to manage his his team, let alone his bullpen, well. And mm-hmm. um, I want to go through Monday's loss. Um, Brad Osmus's explanation for pinch hitting Victor Martinez with first base open. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was someone. I remember, on, that. I remember seeing that. Someone on second. First base was open. So he decides that he's going to put Victor Martinez in to pinch hit. Okay? Somewhere in a hotel room, Rod Allen was predicting that. So he says. I assumed that Dusty, meaning Dusty Baker, the uh, um, manager of Washington, um, Washington. I assumed that Dusty was probably going to walk him, but ultimately, you're going to end up getting Saltalamaki at the plate. I either hit Saltalamaki right away, or I hit Saltalamaki with two guys on instead of one. I was in between, quite frankly. I wasn't sure if we'd have another opportunity to use Victor because we're at the we we're at the point of the lineup. We were coming around to the top in the ninth. I don't know if we'd get another chance to use Victor, so I was in between. I decided if Dusty walked him, hopefully Salty gets a big hit with two guys on. That, to me, shows how how inept he is at, at coaching. I agree. If you think that... Because what he did was he put Victor Martinez at the plate, right. knowing he was going to get walked, Right. Victor Martinez walked down to first base right. and w- was taken out of the game. Yep. So you basically yep. <laughs> you basically used three subs. You used three guys uh, uh, from your team for that. Let McCann hit. That's just all there is to it. Just let McCann hit. Or because because you know what you know what um uh Dusty Baker did when Sal Telemachia came up to the plate? What's up? He put in a uh, he put in a left-hander, switching Saltalmaki to his right side, his weaker side. Yep. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's a smart coach. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> he walks the guy that's going to hurt him, and he turns the other guy around <clears throat> to his weak side. It, it's not It's not rocket science here. Hold on, hold on. You're, you're going to jump in. Let me finish my point. Sure. Um. So, so you got three guys that, that get used there. Here's my thing. Um, they were in the national. They were in the National League Park, right? Yep. Okay. We're getting to the end of the the lineup, right? Yes. Sal Talamakia bats eight, mm-hmm. or or the catcher in that instance was batting around eight, right? Correct. Um, who bats after eighth? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the pitcher bats in the ninth spot. What do you mean you weren't going to have another opportunity? The pitching spot came up in the ninth inning. Pinch hit Victor then. If you want to pinch hit Victor, what do you mean you weren't sure if you were going to have an opportunity? Pinch hit the hitter, the the, the pitcher, I mean. 
I didn't even think about that, but that's a good point, yes. Um, I don't want to put him on notice here or anything, but when Dad and I were talking about this, he kind of saw Brad's justification and sort of agreed with it. I, I said to Dad, why not just... Okay, he said he's, Saltalamakia is going to come up no matter what. Why not put Saltalamakia first? Because what if Saltalamakia did walk? Obviously not intentionally, but what if he did happen to draw a walk? And then he goes on first base. Then you have Victor up, who's a hot hitter at the time, with guys on first and second. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, like you said, they were just going to walk Victor, and then he took Victor out right away because Victor can't run, obviously. So what the hell was the point of putting him in the game at that point? I don't know. I, I, that's just one. It's a microcosm of Brad Osmus's pitching career. Uh, I'm sorry, coaching career in, in Detroit. Um, I've been thinking about regime changes a lot l- lately. Um, I find I find it hard to judge a coach on the first season because it's not his team, college or professional, especially in college. But really, college or professional, that's not that guy's team. I think you need to judge him on the subsequent years, unless, mm-hmm. unless. Okay. You completely mishandle your pitching staff like Brad Osmus did versus Baltimore his first year. When he what he oh, man. what he did in that playoff series and having Jabba Chamberlain all season, what for the second half of the season he was not pitching well. But he kept him in the eighth spot because that's his job. Yep. That's his role. Mm. Osmus said over and over, that's his role. No, it's not. If you don't get the job done, that's not his role. Remember when so, Phil Coke became the closer uh, the previous couple years because we had no closer, but Phil Coke, for whatever reason, got hot in the playoffs, and so Jim Leland made him basically the closer of, of the playoffs? I mean, yeah, if it, you, like you said, it doesn't matter what your role is. you got to put guys in certain spots if they're doing well or take them out if they're not doing well. Yeah, so it's just there's that, that, that showed me that he didn't have what it took to be an MLB coach at that point. I'm not saying he doesn't, he's not going to be a good coach in the future. I'm not saying he can't be an assistant with someone or uh, – I'm sorry, I, I hope that burp didn't come over – or a bench coach <laughs> – um, with another team, and then get another coaching job. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'm not saying he's Alan Trammell. Okay. Okay. Burn. I don't think Alan Trammell's going to be a head coach again <laughs> ever. He he definitely didn't have it. And yes, I know. I dad. Oh my god, dad. I hear you yelling. <laughs> yes, I know. He had a bad team. I get it, dad. I get it. But it, that's irrelevant to my to my point. Um, I don't think he was a very good coach, and I don't think that um, manager. I'm sorry, baseball. Their managers, yeah. and I don't think that Brad Osmus is a, is has what it takes yet. Right, you right now. Right. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> did you notice the ESPN article on May seventh of this month or of this year? The head, like a, the head article. Um, well, it was just one of the articles I, that was written. Dave Schoenfield uh, wrote it. But what? Um, 18 years after Kerry Wood, will we see another 20 strikeout game? It's a good question. Will we, Josh? Um, maybe. I don't think so, though. Uh, Pretty impossible to do. We actually did. Oh, we did? Yeah. Um, how, how long after I know the article was written? I know. You're playing coy. Um, it was four days, five days, <laughs> after that article was written. On May 11th, we had Max Scherzer, 20 strikeout game against... The Detroit Tigers. Yeah, oh yeah. I saw it. I saw it every single one. I did not. You re- neglected to inform me that something special was going on. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, I have a history of missing special things because of you. So this, because of me. So this one was, was not being able to see it because 
um, you didn't tell me. Um, there was a time where I went to... Um, I, I was going to go to a Tigers game downtown, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to go to your Little League game instead. Good and choice. Justin Verlander threw his first no-hitter. Oh my god, no way! I'm dead serious. I got out of work early. I got sent home early because it was slow, and I was going to go to the Tigers <laughs> game because it's back when I went to a ton of Tigers <laughs> games because they were cheap. Yeah. And um, I said, no, you know what? I don't go to any JT's, oh, man. JT's baseball games. I'm going to go to go to this one. So I went over there. And I went, sure o- shit. I went 0 for 3. I don't know what you did. <laughs> I know what Justin Verlander did, though. And I know I don't have a ticket from that game. I got you the and DVD. I know, and I know that I don't have the uh, the the scorecard because I'm an old man yeah. and I keep score. Uh-huh. I know that I don't have the scorecard from that game. Like, I bought you a DVD a couple so, years later. So there's a history of me missing things because because I'm trying to support you. I need to stop supporting you. Um, but anyway, know. Max Scherzer. I, ca- I thought he was going to break the record. I called it. Uh, but I was wrong. It, it would have been irrelevant to me if he broke the record. It was a terrible pitching performance. I mean, yeah. You By got, Max? Yeah. yeah. Explain. You're facing a terrible Tigers team, first of all. Yes. Second of all, um, he his his perfect game last year where he had 17 uh, strikeouts was, right. was much better. Um, this year, um, he gave up six hits and two home runs. Yeah. Sure. When you got outs, they were strikeouts. Okay, fine. But he clearly, but it clearly wasn't a good game. He gave up six hits. Yeah, two home runs. His strikes to balls ratio was good. He gave up two home runs because he's Max Scherzer and he's a power pitcher and he gives up home runs. Every power pitcher Look, does. The first 20, 20 strikeout performance I ever saw, and I actually watched this game, mm-hmm. was Kerry Wood in nineteen ninety eight. He struck out twenty. He gave up one hit. He didn't walk anyone, and he gave up zero runs. He was he 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 had a twenty strikeout one hitter. That is impressive. That's the best twenty strikeout game. You can't say he had a poor pitching for performance though. If he when he a, gives up six hits, yeah, that's not great. When you have a complete game, you give up six, give hits, up six, six hits in less than four runs, right? You give up six hits and, and two of them are home runs. It's not that great. Well, it's not poor. If he, if he didn't have twenty strikeouts, you, we, no one would have talked about it because it wasn't a good game. It was a complete game. Ooh. That's still good. You yeah. can't say it's well, a poor no. pitch for no, performance, complete, man. A complete game is a big deal for Max Scherzer because he doesn't do complete <laughs> That's games. Right, yeah. So I get your I get your point. <laughs> I get your joke that you didn't That's make what, and that, I made for you, but That's what I thought you meant by history was being made. No, absolutely not. He was not it, 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 to me that's not that impressive, especially when you got guys in the lineup that after the Tigers what first four guys will say, like mm, will be will okay. be will be generous and say it's more than just Kinsler and uh your boy. Oh yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll say it's, it's after the first four guys, you got five automatic outs and, and to, to get strikeouts against those guys, to me, it's not that impressive. Um, but the only ones hitting well right now are, are Kinsler and, uh, what's his nuts? Oh, don't you know his name? No. What's his name? Castellanos. Uh, Castellanos. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've got a just quick quick update because I just thought about it. We've got a little bet going on yep. um, that he's gonna, not going to hit better than was it two forty? No, no. We said on this podcast that uh, I bet Aaron that Nick Castellanos would hit two seventy or better. Two seventy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I said he will not. What's he at right now? Uh, uh just ballpark. I like around three hundred and seventy. Yeah, it was about <laughs> three seventy. Yeah. Um. So, but hey, oh, hey, I did not see this coming. I'm so happy. Hey, it's still early. Yes. And you know what? I enjoy when I'm wrong. 
because at least that means that maybe the Tigers... Because I am a Tigers fan. Yes. So even Surprisingly. When, <laughs> I know it doesn't sound like it, but I am a Tigers fan. Mm. So, you know, if he if he actually turns into something, then okay, great. That that's great news. I'm I I will be more than happy to buy you a game next year, um, because did you pick yours yet? Castellanos ended up being good, really good. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, uh, he he. I also I also uh, haven't gotten my Reese's cup. I just oh that's right. I'll get that for you. I, I promised I would. I will. Um, he he's. I basically said two seventy because I thought that this year he would finally do what I've been saying he's going to do for the last two, which is hit two seventy or, or or better. Well, he's doing that so far. I don't think this is going to keep up at all, but, uh, you know, congratulations, Nick, and congratulations, me. A little clap for myself. So, uh, another, but to go back to my point about the, this Tigers team being poor and, and doing things like that against a poor team versus, you know, Kerry Woods. Kerry Wood did it against the Houston Astros. And sure, now the Houston Astros <laughs> has, I mean, except for last year, now the Houston Astros are essentially a joke. Um, for the last decade or so. But this was, you said, 98. This was in 1998. Yeah. The Houston Astros finished first in the Central with 102 wins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn. Yes. Um, they had, this is back when they had Bagwell, Bijou, and Bell. Not to mention Moises Alou, when he was, you know, in his prime. I like that name. And sadly, he, they even had Brad Osmus. So he went through Bagwell, <laughs> Bijou, Bell, Alou, and Osmus to get his 20 strikeouts. Okay. I'm just saying. He wasn't going through Justin Upton, who blows right now. He wasn't going through, who the shit do we have in center field? Doesn't matter. Because <laughs> he sucks, okay? He, he wasn't going through them. He went through uh, Miguel Cabrera and Victor Martinez and Ian Kinsler. And, uh, one Did of the Cabrera hottest... play that play? That, that day? I thought that was the day he sat and, oh. and Victor played. Oh, was it? I think so. I, I don't know. I know that he sat one of the days. Um, but Yeah, you're right, he did. But yeah, so... Um, I don't think, okay, fine, it's not as as impressive as the other ones were, but I don't think it's a poor pitching for performance still, like you said. By the way, this is a name, this is a good name from the past for the, those of you that remember. Uh, Ricky Gutierrez is the guy that got the hit against Kerry Wood, if anyone was wondering, in his one hitter. You got a couple of chuckles out there. Uh, maybe. You want to move on to the NBA? Uh or if should we, we have to, or should we do my Bartolo Colon facts? No, let's let's put that off. Maybe if we have time at the end. Oh, we're, we'll um, have time at the end. <laughs> I added um, this thing. <laughs> hey guys, eat better made barbecue chips. All right, that was our uh, thing. Thank you. Um, oh, son of a gun! What's wrong? I just all that those speeches that I did, my show notes. I just closed the page and didn't save it. What? Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, do your mind, man. So, um, uh, jeez, you're gonna have to fly for the rest of the episode. You're you're gonna have to lead us. What's going on in the NBA? Get ready for worst episode part two in the NBA. Stephen Curry became the first ever unanimous MVP. That's impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Think about all the players who have won the MVP award. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Karl Malone, LeBron James. So many people, but none of them were a unanimous MVP. And a little tiny uh, point guard who can shoot from anywhere on the basketball court gets it. It's just, it's it's really impressive. I mean, he he's doing things that, I mean, I've said it on podcasts before, but Stephen Curry in real life is better than Stephen Curry in the video game. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. He can he can knock him from any anywhere on the, on the floor. He he had 402 or 1 three-point field goals this year. So he broke his own record again. 
I mean, it's just unheard of, and he's doing everything with a very good team. He obviously the Warriors went seventy-three and nine. It's just it's it's so impressive, and I mean, I'm sure you've heard it all before about Stephen Curry, but so we're not going to get in super duper into it. But he's just a very impressive player, and uh, he might go down as the best shooter in NBA history at least so far. LeBron was the last back-to-back winner with the Heat in 2012-2013. Um, oh, it, it's I know. Go ahead. Uh, a, a couple months ago, I sent you a text saying that there's been a trend in the MVP award since okay. uh, the 2000 season, 2001 season. I'm sorry. Um, ever since 2001, the for the majority of the MVP awards, the pattern has been uh, one-time winner, two-time winner, one-time winner, two-time winner, one-time winner. I think one-time winner and then two-time winner. And so, uh, like you said, LeBron won it twice, then Kevin Durant won it, and then Stephen Curry won it twice. I mean, it's just so weird how this pattern keeps happening in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a weird little thing I it's, saw. It's, it's, I don't know. I mean, the NBA is not my favorite um, league and for so many reasons. But I think it's interesting to note that um, uh, one of the times one of the two times that um uh, lebron won it he had he was one uh vote shy of being unanimous so he got 130 of the 131 votes i bet that one was Skip Bayless. Um, interestingly enough can you guess who was number two in voting um for for which year this year for oh. mvp who was who was the Runner-up. I'm going to guess Kawhi Leonard. It was nice by three vote by three points over LeBron James. Oh, LeBron was in third still. Yeah, he's like, he's yeah. he's always getting love so, for that MVP award. A little bit of history on the MVP and and the nearly uh, unanimous uh, Larry Bird back in eighty forty five got seventy three of seventy eight first place votes. Um, eighty five eighty six again seventy three out of seventy eight. Um, Michael Jordan got 109 of 113 first place votes, God. and that was in 95-96 when they won 72 and 10. Um, Who of those four assholes were not going to vote for him? Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, let's see here. I can actually tell you. It looks like Malone mm. had a fantastic year, and he got four votes. Okay. So That makes sense. Um Shit Shack got 120 out of 121 votes. Right. Okay. Then that was in 99-2000. Um, Kevin Garnett got 120 out of 123. Oh, really? And that was 2003-2004. Okay. Uh, and as I said, LeBron in 2012-2013 got 120 out of 121. So, um, it, it, because... How many, how many because did Stephen keep, Curry get? Because they keep... I don't know how they do it or what they do, but because they keep adding... Um, more votes. He also, if you think about it this way, he got the most first place votes ever. Yeah, because he got 131, that, which, well, which is what it is. Well, to up me, to this now. this makes it even more impressive that he's a unanimous MVP because it's what 200 people or something like that voting for this thing. Yeah, and that's really really impressive, man. Um, he's the first player in league history at any position to average 30 points per game in le- uh in less than 35 minutes per game. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. He was sitting out so many fourth quarters, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid is just unbelievable. He had 100... I'm sorry, he had 402 three-pointers uh, this year, yep. which shattered the 286 record. 
Set by him? <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I think it might have been. Yeah, I think well, it was. But um, I know that Clay Thompson was in second this year. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about Clay Thompson. Poor Clay Thompson. <laughs> He's in that Curry shadow. Uh, he joined Steve Nash and and Steve Kerr. So the first person not named Steve. Um, <laughs> Almost. As the only players... Black in- Steve. The only players in league history to shoot at least 50% from the floor, 45% from three-point line, and 90% from uh, the foul shot line. Nice. So uh, that's pretty good company. Um, I, I don't know if any, if we've gone over this. I think we kind of have. We've touched on it. But I, I was always a big Steve Nash fan when he was in mm-hmm. Phoenix. Um, Will Chamberlain's the only other guy from Golden State to, to win it. Um, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, that makes sense, actually. Between the other three... Um, that was back when they were in Philadelphia, I'm assuming. There have been... Um, um, <clears throat> let's see here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now. Okay. Um, Tom Brady, in 2010, won the NFL MVP unanimously, I believe. Um, Wayne Gretzky, in 1982, was the only unanimous MVP in NHL history. So, uh, Tom Brady's the only NFL MVP unanimously in in NFL history. It's a weird year. And there have been 17 unanimous uh, MVPs in MLB history. Bryce Harper, last season, the most recent. Yeah. Now that I've wasted eight minutes of our time, um, what other NBA news you got? Uh, I had a little dumb little question for you. So a lot of people were making a big fuss about uh, this Toronto and Miami series because I guess Dwayne Wade was shooting warm-up jump shots during the Canadian National Anthem, and Canucks and Americans all around were getting up in arms about it. I mean, how do you feel about that, personally? I'm... Do you think you should, I'm you not should respect it just as much as, like, when the American National Anthem's being played and everyone's kind of standing up and putting their, you know, just saluting? I'm not a good person to ask about this because I don't have any patriotism whatsoever. No. Um, I don't care. Look... If the if I'm walking to a ballpark and I'm outside of the ballpark and the national anthem is going, no one says shit to me if I keep walking. If you're inside the ballpark and I'm literally all we have is a little tiny gate that I can literally see through because there's vertical bars, um, I have to stop. Who who gives a shit if I'm walking during the national anthem? I don't care. So can, American Canadian. Um, during the Olympics, when they when they're on the medal stand, I don't care if people are talking or walking or doing other things. So 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 sure, even during the American national anthem, Dwayne Wade can shoot shoot whatever he wants. I don't care. You don't feel any sort of disres- like it's disrespecting that country in any way, like some people do. I don't think he did it because it was the Canadian national anthem specifically. So. Well, I don't think so either. Well, no, but but when you say it like that, I mean, I know you're just wording it the way other people say it, but when you say it like, I think people need to word things better because when you say it like that, it makes it sound like he gets specifically because it was the Canadian national anthem. I mean... Well, it, that's why people are talking about it. Yeah, no. Because he's it, American. It doesn't... It doesn't matter. Okay. I, I, it doesn't matter to me at all. Yeah, uh, I, I want to talk about um, Dave Yeager now. Okay. For I don't know who that is. He is a head coach in the NBA. He was the head coach for Memphis the past four seasons. Uh, he was the assistant coach from 2007 to 2013, and then Memphis fired Lionel, Lionel Hollins, and then he became the head coach from 2013 through 2016. Um, I said four seasons, so I'm sorry. I meant uh, three. Um 
in 2013, in the in the 13-14 season, he went 15-32 with the Grizzlies. Then in the 14-15 season, they went 55 and 27. And then this past season that just uh, that's still going on right now, they finished 15 and 16, 42. I'm sorry, in the 15-16 season, they finished 42 and 40. Okay. Does it seems like to me? That every NBA GM has the memory of Dory from Finding Nemo because they, they, they don't seem to remember any sort of achievements that a head coach has. I mean, we hate to, I hate to keep bringing it up, but David Blatt and Kevin McHale are the two biggest examples right now. How the fuck are you going to fire? I'm sorry. How the hell are you going to fire? No, we put the explicit tag on there. I, I, yeah, I got a little passionate about this, but how do you fire David Blatt just because LeBron James doesn't want him there? You're in first place in the conference. LeBron James is the GM. You went to the if NBA Finals. Gone, they're gone. It's so it's such bullshit. And Kevin McHale, I used to think that the Houston Rockets were an okay organization because I thought, you know, they're putting Dwight Howard in there, they got James Harden, they're putting pieces around until I saw them fire Kevin McHale after the 11th game in the NBA season. Then I said, oh, well, they don't know what the fuck they're doing over there. So anyway, that's, I'm just going off on a tangent about that again, so sorry about that, everybody. But going back to Dave Yeager, yeah, so he had that success, and he was just fired by the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm assuming because they went 42-40 and 40 and were bounced out in the first round by the much, much better San Antonio Spurs. Oh, yeah, and they were also much, much healthier. So this year, they lost one of the best centers in the, in the NBA, Marcus Gasol, on February 8th to a foot injury. He was season-ending. He's out. He's not going. And then they lost their starting point guard, who a lot of people think is one of the most underrated players in the NBA, Mike Connolly, on March 7th. He was out for the season. Not to mention injuries to Jordan Adams, Brandon Wright, and uh, uh, Gerard Martin. I believe if I'm saying that right. Jar- Jarrell Martin, I think it is, actually. Anyway, so even after all this, everyone was writing off the Grizzlies to not even make the playoffs. They still managed to make the playoffs, yes, with a record of 42-40, and 40, but that's still impressive to me, man. Yeah. And, and and you lose to the San Antonio Spurs, which is like, well, okay, good job, you made it in the playoffs, but yeah, you're going to lose. I mean, I I don't know why they fired this guy. He seems like he's a proven coach. When everyone's healthy... He's, well, he's proven already. When everyone's healthy, he's going to win at least 50 games. And when you have two of your starting guys unhealthy, he's still going to get you a, a, a record above 500. Why would you want this guy to go? And then immediately after they fired him, two days later, the Kings signed him to a four-year, uh, $16 million contract. Can you believe that? Well, uh, the Kings were lucky. I t- you, think, you think George Carl's going <laughs> to end up in Memphis? I don't. That would be hilarious if that happened. <laughs> I don't think... I don't like that it's NBA GMs, in my opinion, never, ever, ever, ever take fault for anything. Everyone has to be a scapegoat. Usually it's a head coach, and it's not fair at all. I don't think Tom Thibodeau should have been fired. I don't think David Blatt should have been fired. I don't think Kevin McHale should have been fired. I don't think Dave Yeager should have been fired. All of these coaches, to me, there's no justification other than either a player wants them or they didn't win the NBA championship. Which realistically, every single year, there's what three teams that maybe are going to win the NBA championship. I mean, I know that we have eight teams in each conference for the playoffs, but realistically, yeah. I think yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 just it's such bullshit to me, and it's, it's I, I don't think the Kings are going to necessarily be any better next year. They might be. 
because the Kings are a terrible organization right now, and who knows how he's going to gel with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins always has trouble with coaches, no matter who goes in there. Who knows how Rondo's going to act. He's been he's been a little wild Dennis Rodman-like guy for the last couple of years, so who knows how he's going to be. But, uh, I mean, I hope the Kings do well, and I hope Dave Yeager gets some more respect. And uh, Yes, and I also hope that the Memphis signs George Carl just for the clarity of it all. Um, well, uh, the... In the four major sports, uh, I'm going to go back to, to LeBron being the uh, player coach because yep. that's essentially what he is. Four major sports. Player GM. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, in the four major sports in, in America, there is um, a big history of it in basketball player coaches. Yeah. Um, hasn't really happened since the 80s or so. Um, uh, American football, that hasn't, it hasn't happened since the 70s. And uh, in baseball, Pete Rose was the last one. Uh, the last player coach, so that's just a little tidbit because I do I, I do think that they're basically doing whatever LeBron says, whatever LeBron wants. Oh, I goes. agree with that. I mean, and, um, and I'm not saying that you have to make you you have to go the Stan Van Gundy, Jason Kidd route where you have to make your head coach president of basketball operations. I'm not saying that, but unfortunately, you you actually might have to just so that they have job security. You're yeah. not you're not going to win an NBA championship after one year. I mean, if you have a proven head coach, why not just keep him on there? What the hell is the point? Oh, and also, for the Grizzlies this year, they traded away Jeff Green for Lance Stevenson. That has absolutely nothing to do with the head coach. That's all a GM. That's a GM thing. That's a trade. And that was a fucking stupid trade, if I do say so myself. I don't know anything. I don't know either of those guys. I, I know, but it's it's just ridiculous, man. It's I hate GMs in the NBA. I hate them, I hate them, and I hate them so, so much. I never, ever hear of an NBA GM getting fired after one season or after two seasons. It's just such bullshit that coaches are always scapegoats in the NBA. It's not fair. That's all. That's all it is. It's just not fair. I'm fighting for the little guy. Okay. Which, in this case, is an NBA head coach who wins 50 games twice. Okay. But, yeah, that's all I wanted. That's all. That's my whole rant. So Golden State will officially be playing Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just watched that game. I felt that... Um, oh, we're recording this at midnight, by the way, so if we sound a little groggy or whatever, we're, it's because we're kind of tired. <laughs> I felt that... Well, I'm fine. I felt like San Antonio gave uh, Oklahoma City two games, um, and Westbrook is... is I'm, the more I watch Westbrook, the less I, I think of him. I think he's a... I don't think he's that great of a player. I agree. And I wouldn't be surprised if Durant left, and and I wouldn't blame him at all if he left. Um, but Westbrook in Game 3, for example, um, sure, he scored 31 points. He did. But he was 10 for 31 from the field. So he also missed 21 shots. And how do you take 31 shots and only make 10? How do, how are you, how do you have your night go well, where you're... You're only making one out of every three shots, and you're like, I'm going to keep fucking chucking these, man. <laughs> he's Russell Westbrook. I'm doing man. awesome. That's Ex- what he's always no, doing. No, exactly. That's I mean, that's my point, you know. though. Um, but Oklahoma City, I thought I thought their third win, I thought they earned that one. That was game five. Mm. Um, tonight, they it was a mixture of San Antonio just not showing up. They, they didn't look good. LaMarcus Aldridge in the first uh, half was just standing around on defense. He made one block on Durant trying to dunk, and that was about it. Um, he didn't even play the last couple of minutes. ESPN showed a whole highlight package of guys missing wide-open shots. Yep. And um, San Antonio was driving the ball to the basket, 
and instead of dunking, they were passing out to the corners early in the game. Yep. So they dug themselves into a hole where they were down, what was it, like 30, 35, something like yeah, that? Yeah, 26 it, by the half. It, it, they were down 26 going into the fourth quarter. It was a, it was a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up getting within 11. I don't know if that's Oklahoma. I don't know if that was... Full disclosure, I started fast-forwarding at that point. But um, uh, I don't know if that's because Oklahoma City started just dicking around. <clears throat> Or if San Antonio started playing really good defense, because I do know that <laughs> San Antonio, uh, I, I held them to held Oklahoma City to, to like eight points at one point. Um, they were they were outscoring them twenty four to eight in the fourth quarter or something like that. There's basically one play in the fourth quarter that pretty much sums up that series for the Spurs. Uh, Russell Westbrook had a flagrant one on Danny Green, and so they got two free throws and the ball. So what do they do in that possession? Green misses one, makes the second one, and then uh, Kawhi takes a, I think it's Kawhi, takes a, a, a shot, and it rims out, and Oklahoma City rebounds. So that pretty much sums up the, the whole series. They had chances to score. They, they Like you said, wide open all the time, and they just they just didn't make them. I mean, they lost the series. Yeah, at that point, um, uh, if Danny Green had made both those and they knocked a a three down, mm-hmm. they would have been within seven. Right. Which at that, which to me, Oklahoma City was already reeling, and the, and they would have really been back on their heels and scrambling. Sure. Um, Momentum switch. I mean, yeah. I mean, San San Antonio just lost. Oklahoma City played played better than them on two games, and and uh, they were given two games by San Antonio. So you can't give teams games. It doesn't matter what the sport is. Um, and, and and it's not to say that Oklahoma City is necessarily a bad team. No. I just don't like Westbrook, and I thought San Antonio was a better team. I really did. We we thought that team ball would beat one on one ball, which let's face yeah. it, it's it's basically Durant one on one or Westbrook one on one. And I'm gonna say it again. And and you know, Matt can make all the comments he wants to me. I don't think that. Golden, uh, Oklahoma City has a, stands a chance against San Antonio uh, okay, against Golden State. That was actually going to be my next question. How do you think that series is going to turn out? I think, any predictions? I, I think Golden State will will win. I yeah. If you if you're going to make me pick games, I always pick six just because that's a safe pick. Okay. Um, I do playoff brackets for hockey every year, mm-hmm. and most of my well, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of my games are six or seven games, um, just because those are, those are safe picks. Will um, the Thunder win not, the game at the Oracle? Not knowing as much about basketball these days, you know, it's just easy to pick six. Sure, why not? Okay. They, they won two games in San Antonio, yeah. and San Antonio won 40-1 in the regular season. Yeah. So, so sure, why not? Um, we, unfortunately, we're going to dovetail into our games to watch. Our games to watch um, is Thursday night, uh, Toronto and Miami, uh, game six. Toronto could lock out Miami and move on to play Cleveland. Um, so, which is on, at this point, it's like it's like you're fighting for <laughs> you're just delaying the inevitable, <laughs> really, because you, you you're either gonna you're gonna either gonna okay, I'm sorry, you're either gonna end your series in uh, your season in the second round or the third round because you're not beating Cleveland, right? So, um, yeah, so so you got that to to look for. Uh, I am still so pissed about the GM thing. My blood's still kind of boiling. Talk about it again. No. Let's hear it. No, we, I mean... It's, we want to hear it again. The whole thing. <laughs> it's just... From the beginning. <laughs> Hit the rewind button a couple times, guys. It's just... Oh, God. You know what? That's going to be the name of the episode. Fucking NBA GMs. 
you got Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh God. starting their um, NHL game one on Friday, May 13th. Um, and then you got the St. Louis Blues versus the uh, San Jose Sharks, which is going to be a good series, um, starting Sunday, May 15th. Um, I've said for a long time now, I hate the way the NBA and the NHL uh, play, do their games. Schedule their game, yeah, but absolutely. What are you gonna do? It's just the way it is, guys. Um, so um, even the MLB now. Game one for Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh is Friday at eight, and game two is Monday at eight. Uh, and then uh, San Jose, St. Louis, game one is May fifteenth, Sunday at eight, and game two is Tuesday, May seventeenth at eight. You got any games we want to look out for? Uh, I don't have any games, no. But I would like to end the show on some Bartolo Colon facts. Bartolo Colon hit his first home run, first career home run mm-hmm. um, this week. Yep. So that's why we're doing this. It's not because we just randomly picked Bartolo Colon for stupid facts. I'm not psyched about this at all, guys. <laughs> I am very, and I need this now. I, I was so upset about the GMs. I need this yeah. to kind of cool me down. Let's do it. A cologne cool, if you will. Oh, uh, he was 42 years old when he hit his a first high cologne. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. He was 42 years old when he hit his first major league home run. So after I heard that he has the record for being the oldest person that hit their first home run, um, I, I basically looked up how he was doing in the season for the Mets, and uh, I went down just a huge, just a, a Bartolo Colon-sized rabbit hole, and I, I really haven't come back out of it yet, so that's where I'm recording this podcast from, actually. So I'm going to read you some Bartolo Colon facts. That's a good joke. He Bartolo is, Colon-sized rabbit Thank like you. It. <laughs> he is from the Dominican Republic, of course, because he was... Because he he's a baseball Dominican. player. Yep, yep. And, or uh, Venezuela, you know. Sometimes Cuba. He debuted in, on April 4th, 1997. Four months before I was even born. That's how long Bartolo Colon's been in this league. He's 42 years old, still pitching, still 300 pounds, and he is getting paid to be an athlete. And he, you know what? He still pitches well. <laughs> he pitches okay, yeah. He he has a career ERA of 3.95. He has pitched over 3,000 innings. His record uh, as of May 2008, I'm sorry, uh, May 8th, 2016, is 221 and 155. He has over 2,270 strikeouts. He has played for Cleveland, the Cleveland Indians, the Chicago White Sox, the Anaheim slash Los Angeles Angels, the Boston Red Sox, the New York Yankees, the Oakland Athletics, and then the New York Mets. In his entire career, 18 years, he has only hit 57 people. That's impressive to me. Sure. Doug Fister did, I think... Did hit 57 people in one year. He won the Cy Young in 2005 with uh, LA. He is a three-time All-Star, all in the American League. He has never been the wins, strikeouts, ERA, nor whip leader. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Never. In 1999, he had 18 wins for the Indians, which was the most for any Indian during that decade. Even in the mid-90s when they had Manny Ramirez and all them guys going to the World Series. That's crazy. 18's a lot of wins. But that's crazy, man. In 2004, he became the first pitcher since Bobo Newsom to win 18 games with an ERA over five. <laughs> just, but, okay, that one's good. That's a good stat. He just wins, man. Oh, oh, and by, uh, I also have a couple more. Uh, as I said, Can't wait to him. he is the oldest player to ever hit their first home run at the age of 42. Apparently, his nickname at least in New York, is Big Sexy. 
I can only imagine that's an ironic nickname. No, have you seen him? Yeah. Have you seen him? It's hard to miss. <laughs> and I got one more for you, a nice juicy fact. He currently holds the longest active MLB streak with 170 straight starts without walking consecutive batters. That's that, impressive. Yeah, isn't yeah, that, that impressive? That's a good one. That's crazy, man. So just a little, a couple of Bartolo Colon facts uh, for all you Cologne maniacs out there. Um, that's all I got. I guess we can we'll wrap up the show now. I feel really good now. I, I'm not even mad about the NBAG what? MG? I can't even remember what it is now. MGD? Yeah. <laughs> We'd like to thank bensounds.com for the use of our intro and outro music. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Show. We also have an email, armchairqbsshow at gmail.com. None of those three are monitored by us. No, not at all. And uh, if you're not too busy firing NBA head coaches, and if you have the time, could you please subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes? Or just simply tell a friend or family about us. You can also find us on southclown.com slash armchairquarterbacks. And if you would like to help the show and donate any sort of money, go to patreon.com slash armchairquarterbacks. Aaron, do you have anything else you want to say? Milk was bad choice. Episode uh, 13 in the books.